Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the next two hours, Trent Condon and Ken Miller talking sports with you, and thank you for spending some of your uh, that time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. It'll be Scott Docterman at the bottom of the hour from The Athletic on the Hawks and the Big Ten. Uh, at 12.05, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will opine on what we saw over the weekend. Sneak peek to maybe tomorrow with the uh, playoff, uh, the penultimate uh, playoff rankings come out tomorrow. What that means, uh, we'll discuss a little bit about that before Alec Bussey joins us at 12.30 on Iowa State. And Mr. Monday Night, who is on a heater, it's the Bears and the Vikings. I believe the Bears are Mr. Monday Night's team. We'll see if that gets in his way of his judgment when he makes his pick coming up here at about 10 minutes before 1 o'clock. Four days off, an incredible four days of sport. Hopefully for those of you who had family uh, as part of your weekend, you enjoyed the you-know-what out of that. You're ready to buckle down here and get back at it for the next week, and away we go. How are you? I'm doing well. A little illness, as you saw, as we were departing away. Uh, Changed our travel plans. We ended up staying home, but yeah, battled through. Feeling good. Good. Ready to go, and away we go with another week, and trying to recap the weekend that was. Uh, there's not enough time. There really isn't. It was so much fun. It really and truly was. The games were phenomenal. Uh, it just, sa- Saturday into Sunday morning in the early slate, it just goes to show you, well, for the, I think the majority of our listening audience, just how special Saturdays are. Mm-hmm. They really and truly are. Uh, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal sport. College football, obviously, we're speaking about. Um, just the, the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows. It's just so meaningful, so impactful, and so much fun uh, to watch. And, of course, it started on Thursday night for there was one game, I guess, the Egg Bowl, and Saturday, Nebraska and Iowa tee it up, and they do what they do. Um, and Iowa prevails, and Kirk Ferentz makes a move at the end of the football game that was so unFerentz-like. Uh, just just makes you shake your head, uh, but it worked. Uh, Tory Taylor making you know what a uh, chicken salad out of chicken, you know what with the snap who came rolling back mm-hmm. to him. What a play by him! Uh, and then the kicker, I can't even think of his name, Marshall Meter. Marshall Meter, thank you, um, Marshall Meter, who was a transfer and. Was out of football and got talked into coming to Iowa. Not going to play, but we'd love to have you just in case. And in that moment, uh, Ferentz decides to make the move. Wouldn't do it with a quarterback. Nope. Wouldn't do it with a quarterback, but a kicker who's never kicked the ball. You know what? Go out and win this damn game for us. And he did. Trot right out there. Knock it through the sticks. Unbelievable. Just over the crossbar. That By, thing would have been good from a 39. I was going to say 39. Yeah, 39. <laughs> it probably would have made it. Uh, it just sneaks over. Bad camera work. CBS, what a brutal broadcast They're that was. They're terrible, aren't they? My that God. was awful. Yeah, it really Ross is. Ross Tucker has no clue what's going on. Nope, he doesn't. He um, has no idea. I think he might after because he... Um, he went on Twitter and said he's going to politic to do this game every year. And let's hope not. You know, you know what? We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Spend it with nice your family. Yeah. However, right, we're good. You know, your family needs you more than we do. <laughs> right. Right. Stay there home. Might, there might be a Saturday game on CBS Sports Network that's more right. your speed. Right. How about yeah, we get you in Toledo, Ohio? That, that'll be a good one for you. Oh, my God. LaShawn Williams, that run at the end of it was oh absolutely my. huge to put them in range. Chubba Purdy, I mean, good God. Yeah. 
Good God, how do you make that throw? So two things. So I did my rewatch, as I always do last night. Yep. Was it as bad as you thought it was in the beginning? Well, the crazy thing was, the first down play, Iowa did the exact same thing defensively. Herkett dropped back to the middle. Purdy ran for like a yard over towards the sideline. Oh, I didn't know this. It was the exact, as a quarterback, you see that on one play. Yeah. You have to anticipate. Right. It's going to be there the second. Nope. Uh, Right to him. uh, Didn't see him at all. It would have been a pickup to about the 37. Well, I mean, they would have had a chance mm-hmm. if that ball was completed because the defensive backs and the linebackers were behind mm-hmm. the receiver he was going to. It was Herkett making a play. Mm. This kid. He's had a great year. I remember we started talking about him in September, and mm-hmm. I asked you, what's his story, Trent? Because he popped a couple of times here before, but it was, I didn't very, remember it was very limited. Mm-hmm. Role. I mean, we're talking you know eight snaps a game, something mm-hmm. like that. Like hey, Maybe there is something there with this kid. There is. And absolutely. Yep. He has played really well, incredibly yep. well. Deontay Craig, limited. He was a guy that definitely didn't get the reps if it would have meant more. Mm -hmm. I think you would have saw Deontay Craig out there even more. And Herkett stepped up in a big-time way. Mm -hmm. That play. So that was a big one, just going back and rewatching The other, as everybody was asking throughout the second half, where's Caleb Brown? Yeah. Yeah, The drop. Yep. And it sounds like maybe it was a concussion. The play before the drop in the end zone. Iowa threw the ball into the end zone to one of the tight ends. It might have been a string. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, incomplete pass. The third down pass then went into the end zone. Caleb Brown dropped it. But on that second down play from the six-yard line, they ran a crosser. And it was Ortworth coming from the near side of the field, the TV side, the bottom of your screen. And Caleb Brown was lined up in the left slot, up on the top side. They ran into each other hard, really hard. And I anticipate that's That's where it happened. And you can see... Caleb Brown was catching the ball so well. Yeah. I mean, he was making plays. That was. was so uncharacteristic from mm-hmm. the guy we've seen for the last month. Mm-hmm. I think you understand mm-hmm. why he dropped that football. So those were two things that, top of my notes on the rewatch that I missed during the course of the game, that I think really stepped out. So Iowa running the exact same defensive play, leading to an interception. Jeez. And where was Caleb Brown? I think on that play before the drop is where he was concussed. And that's what knocked him out. Sounds like he's going to be good. Well, that's what I took away from listening to Ferentz yesterday. Yep. Sounds like there's a pretty good chance that he's going to play. They have to have him. They have to have him. Yep. We'll get to it. You're going to be there. Um, excited for you to go to that game. Look, I'm not writing the Hawks off. You're not. How can you? Oh. I mean, I know it's Michigan. It's Michigan. But how can you? Hang around. That's all you got to do, Trent. That's all you got to do. I uh, look at it, um it's it's there's a reason that they're better than a three touchdown dog yes. in, in the football game. Deserved through they, uh, they 23 and a half are. point underdog. They yeah. are. Yeah. They are. Um no doubt about it, but I I don't think it's going to be the blowout that some are anticipating or some are rooting for. I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, and you can go back to the game 2 years ago. It's 42-3. That was not a 42-3 game. 28-3 Michigan piled it on a little bit late in that football game, too, if you remember. There was, the game was over, all right, running into the line each way and we'll mm-hmm. get out of here. And Michigan kept tacking it on a little bit more. Defense got tired. We've seen that happen before. Sure. Got to sustain drives, yep. all the things. We'll, we'll get into it this week. Yep, absolutely will. Uh, the best college football game, I, the most memorable college football game I saw all year was, sun, was the curtain coming down, essentially, on my college football regular season viewing because I wasn't staying up for the Pac-12. But the game in Mad Hat was, I mean, it's got everything you want, right? It's got snow. It's got an unlikely uh, box scores you're ever going to wow. see. Stat line are just going to blow you away. Um, what happened uh, prior to when the word trickled out that oh two of the running backs for Iowa State decided to stay home. What's going on there? And then you're putting two and two together. All right, Abusama, you're up. Um, 
And for them to do what they did in the fashion that they did it, it was just as unlikely a result as you're ever going to see. 104 plays or whatever it was to 35. 42 minutes of possession to 18 minutes of possession. Third down conversions was like 13 for K-State, 3 for Iowa State. The box score is so one-sided, and yet, and yet... Iowa State found a way to win the football game. Just remarkable. Unthinkable. Unfathomable. Yep. Incredible. Yep, all of them. And this will be remembered for a long time. You have the rivalry aspect. It is their Big 12 rival. Yep. A team that there has been some rough losses. Yep. From, what was it, Paul Rhodes on the sideline celebrating and they lose the football game. That was unbelievable. What they had the that one... was here that was in Ames that one you're talking about was there a, like a 28 nothing halftime lead that I they blew I think that's the one you're talking about was that the same game I mean there, there's been just so many of these mm-hmm. heartbreaking and unthinkable yes. losses against Kansas State and to do that in a snow game mm-hmm. that had the nation watching that's going to have a good number I can't wait to see it yes. Trent I couldn't agree with you more A it's snow B it was compelling yep snow game close great. yes. And what was going? What was it going up against? Florida, Florida State. Yes, that mm. would probably be the other one. But there mm-hmm. just wasn't an other ton of games that were overly intriguing. After we got through there, Clemson, South Carolina was boring. Yeah, who's going to watch that? Georgia was in a bit of a tussle with Tech. That's true, and that was on Channel Five. Was that? It ABC? was. Did you have trouble with your Channel Five feed? Did you flip over to that game at all? No. Okay, you were just locked in, even yep. during commercials. Yep. Okay. Yep. For whatever reason, there was the only channel I was wondering, well, is it something there? It was weird. Anyway, um, yeah, Georgia Tech gave them a bit of a tussle mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But regardless, yeah, the back to the Iowa State game and Abu Sama, his ability to change directions in the snow, yeah. <laughs> to put his foot in the ground. The uh, catapult into the end zone for the one safety coming up trying to play. What was he think? What was he trying to do? Just push him and push he'll trip him in the snow? And, yeah, he'll yeah. stumble over, I guess, was the thought Because he was not going to score in that play. No, until he's jetted forward. Uh, until he was pushed. He got right. a little boost. Yeah, yeah. Into the end zone yeah. he went. Jalen well, Knowles run down the sideline. The block from Brommers probably getting overlooked in a lot of places. Four touchdowns of, what, 70-plus yards or 60-plus yeah. yards, whatever yeah. it was. Previous 51 games had not had that many. It's, it's amazing. It's just, absolutely amazing. All these stats that came out of this mm-hmm. game were so much fun to just dig through the ridiculous nature. Two snaps on the plus side of the 50. None of which were in the red zone. Two snaps. Right. And that team won. Yeah. That team won. 42-35. Unreal. Uh, that defense, I'm guessing they when they finally did get home, which was, I guess, the sun was up yesterday morning. They had de-icing problems, apparently, uh, at the airport. Um but yeah, the defense had to sleep like babies because <laughs> they were on the field uh-huh. so damn long. My God, what a fun game. What a fun, fun football game. Iron Bowl was unbelievable. Yes. It's just college football, right? If you would have told me this 25 years ago that, you know what, there'll become a time where you'll, if you could only watch one, you would watch Saturday over Sunday. I'd have told you, you're out of your mind. It's not close. It's not even close. It's and I love close. the Denver Broncos. Right. It's not even close. The pageantry, it is the passion, mm-hmm. the differences in the game. The NFL, it's all the same. It's it is right. It's just it's the same. Mm-hmm. And certainly this season is kind of boring oh. in comparison to what you're used to. You get so many different things in college football, and you just don't see things like you saw throughout Friday and Saturday. It was wild. It mm-hmm. was compelling. It was interesting. And now it's set up where, for the first time ever, I'm intrigued by the Tuesday show. What are they going to do, Trent? What do you do with Florida State? Because you have to you make have the to... statement now, don't you? You have to make the statement now. 
as opposed to if you, a thirteen and zero Florida can, State. You, how can you leave a thirteen and zero Power Five champion out? Because they're not the same team. I that agree got with you. To eleven and zero, they're I a agree with team. you. There's better teams, but how? Do, here's the, here's I guess the saving grace. Well, we're going to twelve, so that'll be alleviated next year. This is an anomaly. This is one of the reasons that we got our heads together and we acquiesced to the playoff expansion uh, supporters out there. You saw this coming, but this year's different, so we're going to end it. I mean, I don't know how you leave Florida State out. I truly don't. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And if you're a Seminoles fan and you get left out, at, left out and you're apoplectic, I understand. You should be. You There's, should be. Absolutely. We're looking for the best four. So what if Georgia gets beat by Alabama? Where are they? Well, this is there's so many scenarios that you just don't know. And that's down the road. This starting with Florida State, we have to know. Do you put one loss Oregon in front of them? I mean Oregon Florida State play right now. Oregon's favored by double oh, digits. For sure they are. And they win by double right digits. Now. They're favored by double digits. Texas is playing really well. Ohio State plays them right now. They're certainly favored by a better than a touchdown yep. and probably double digits. Yep. We're trying to get the four best teams. Florida State He's not one of them. Here is the criteria. This is from the College Football Playoff website. Okay. The selection committee ranks the teams based on the members' evaluation of the team's performance on the field using conference championships, one, strength of schedule, head-to-head results, and comparable results against common opponents to decide among the teams that are comparable. Mm -hmm. On the field, we Mm -hmm. saw them struggle with a Florida team that lost on that field to Arkansas. Boston College. They got lucky to beat Boston College. Performance on the field. Right. If they go out there, dink around and get a 2017 win against a Louisville team that just got beat by an average Kentucky team, mm-hmm. I just don't know Without how you your, can put with, them in with there. your quarterback not being there? What's their best win? LSU, yeah. week one? Yeah. A 9-3 and three LSU team. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, they are. But bad defensively. Right. Going to have the Heisman runner-up, I think, now after what we saw this weekend. This is going to be a mess. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. And trying to figure this thing out when we don't know what scenarios mm-hmm. play out. Now, Louisville can make it. I'm rooting for Louisville just to get them out of there. I am I, too, because they don't belong in the top they four. They don't. Yeah, it'll be a one. The, the number one seed, whoever that is, is in it probably while well, Georgia wins, it'll be them. Yeah. They would get a walk over the championship game. Yes. They would. Yeah. They'd get a bye, basically. And Michigan and Oregon, or Michigan and Texas, or Michigan and Washington. Great games. They're great games. But they will kick the you-know-what out of each other. Meanwhile, Georgia's got a laugher. Right. Playing uh, play the second and third teamers in the middle of the third quarter. So what does the head of the playoff committee, yeah, they got to get that answer tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. We have to know. That's the most yep. important thing, yep. what they do. And do you put one-loss teams in front of them now? Mm. Because this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, make you your statement do it now. now. Yeah, you, you got you, the stupid TV right. show. Actually, use it. <laughs> yeah, finally got your attention. Well, finally, because we actually have something that matters. It does. It didn't matter back in November, early November. Just for talking points, though. Right. Um, we can make up our own those. Yeah. Oh, fascinating! What unbelievable weekend. Haven't touched on the basketball. Um, 
That was a disappointing effort from Iowa State. Yeah, they're a fraud, Trent. That's a fraudulent team. Uh, they can't shoot. No. We were sold a bill of goods. Yeah. Uh, and TJ pulled the wool over everybody's eyes with the schedule that he put together. As mm-hmm. pathetic as it was. A, it didn't prepare you for what lied ahead. You played some teams that are going to be in the tournament. We were up, up on one of them by 21 points mm-hmm. with their second and third player in street clothes on the bench, and he had beat. Come on. Come on, make a shot, would you please? Mm-hmm. This Curtis Jones is awful. Yeah. He's terrible. He's a chucker. I mean, what they thought, uh, he had a really bad, you know who he is? He was Gabe Kalshier, only was reversed. His first year was terrible. Mm-hmm. His last year at, at Buffalo, he was really good. This year, he's back to what he was. The anomaly was last year, and that's what you bought, and you got sold a bill of goods. He's not very good. Now, here's the good news. You can hopefully learn and build on this, but any I think thoughts out there that this is one of the top teams in the country. I think you had your bubble burst. This is a team that looks as though if it all comes together, somewhere between 7 and 10. Yeah, yeah. Not a tournament get, team. Get in, you play the first game, you probably get bounced because you're going to have a bad shooting day because you can't shoot the basketball. Tame Ellipsy's a star. Tame Ellipsy is really, really good. He's a stud. He really is. Yep. His, his offseason was... Um, Look, we saw glimpses of it last year, and he was thrust into a spot that he wasn't supposed to be as early as he was. Uh, he's so he's so good. Moncilovic is a really nice player. You've got something there. Um, the the the, um, uh, the the Pavletsky, I like his game. I do too. He's got a little junkyard dog in him, Trent. They need that. They need a guy that can shoot it a little bit more. They do. As you mentioned, yep. with the shooting struggles, I think could he's it a be guy. Gilbert, who's been hitting? He's had some good games. He can get to the rim. Mm-hmm. It's just those guys, you can't afford the chucking. And that's what you get with both of those guards now. Both the transfer guards are just, when it's not there, you can't be like Gabe Kelcher. And he would shoot his way, try to shoot his way out of slump, and it didn't happen very often. You can't afford that. You can't have 26% three-point shooting from two guys that are volume shooters like those guys. Knock it off. Do your thing, which is get to the rim. Get to the basket, facilitate with him, Ellipsy, and that means probably more Pavleski. I, I think you're right. I think that's a guy that that's a button that they need to push. And here's the thing. They're going to go undefeated in December. I mean, they're not going to lose a game, and they're probably going to win every game, maybe by double digits. They'll kill DePaul Friday night. DePaul sucks. They're awful. Just a brutal. I mean, they need to be kicked out of the Big East. They need to be in like the Horizon League. They've been, <laughs> they're that bad. They're awful. They're just dead. They'll beat Iowa at home. Yeah. And then... Prairie View A&M. Will they beat Iowa at home? Yeah. I thought that they would kill Iowa at home. I'm not so sure. Well, they're going to bring some toughness to that game, and that Iowa team did not answer the bell against Oklahoma in a tough game. No, they didn't, they but got they did against Seton Hall. Seton Hall, who's not very good themselves. Yeah, yeah but they shot it better. Mm-hmm. If Iowa doesn't shoot the ball, I mean, they're in deep, deep trouble. Right. They'll win that game. We'll just say win. How about that? Okay, fair. But... And then this is how they wrap up. Prairie View, Florida A&M, Eastern Illinois, mm. New Hampshire. Too bad they can't get Grambling again. <laughs> because Grambling makes you feel pretty good about this. See, Omaha Baloo played 20 minutes in that game. He scored 14 points. You know how many points he scored since that game? That would be none. Goose egg. Goose egg. Yeah. What's, what's going on there? I, I don't think it's anything going on. It just he cannot get up to the speed of the game. They're, he's not playing a kid from, uh, you know, Urbanil. He's not taking on a six foot one power forward. Mm-hmm. He's playing kids that are as athletic as him. And mm-hmm. the speed. It's too fast for him. Hmm. He is not able to catch up, which I watched him play, you know, grassroots basketball at mm-hmm. AAU. He certainly looked the part. Yep. It is not translating right wow. now. Hopefully it will. Uh, I mean, that's one of the kids you root for. Um, but man, oh man, they got exposed. You're up 21 on A&M. Yeah. The second and third best players on the team aren't street close. 
And you cough it up. And, and that was, I think, the least egregious of the three games. The lost Virginia Tech, that's not a very good Virginia Tech team. No. And VCU, that's a coin flip game against were, a team that's, I don't know, a, a top 80 team maybe? Yeah. They could easily lost that game against VCU. Is it? So next year when the schedule comes out, I, I want to, you know that notebook you have? Yes. Yeah. Write us a note. Would okay. you please not to go crazy uh-huh. uh, on this Iowa State team because they're going to play nobody. Idaho State, Green Bay. Lindenwood. Lindenwood, Grambling. Uh, you feel pretty good about them. They sell more tickets, I guess, for the season. Maybe that's behind it. I don't know. Maybe it was a marketing angle. Because, woof, that was that bad. Was bad. That was bad. Um, back to football for just a second. Mm-hmm. I want. I can't get past the Iron Bowl. Oh, it was man. just a remarkable, remarkable. Oh my God! Some of the some of the pictures, some of the memes from the fans <laughs> at Jordan Hare Stadium. Oh my God! How does that happen? Why do you have a spy on fourth and goal from the 31 yard Where line? Where you have to, th- the only way they can win is to score a touchdown. Why do you have a spy on the quarterback? If he runs, guess what? <laughs> you got nine guys back there because you only rush two. Don't waste a defender on a spy on fourth and goal from the 31 yard line. Beautiful play call. Two yeah. guys go to the corner. Yep. Yeah. They roll it out to the left. Milrow threw an absolute perfect ball. Yeah, he said Heisman afterwards. Yeah, he's a little over tips of his skis, but it's a hell of a hell of a moment for him. (laughs) Maybe should have. Yeah, it was a hell of a moment. You know, he's from where he was against Texas to where he Uh is now. That's a different quarterback. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, and that's a different Alabama team. Weird things happen in that game. We Mm -hmm. see it all the time. It was great here in Saban afterwards, and you know, my wife is an Alabama fan. She has a rooting interest in Alabama. There was uh, a lot of cussing happening in the Condon household as <laughs> we're putting on, putting on the, putting up the tree. And she had some choice words for the officiating and uh, the Auburn fans and everything else. But what a fun, fun football oh, game. And just, you never know, right? You never know. I think uh, 90 times there's been a fourth and goal play from outside the 25-yard line. Uh, last 90, of course, were not converted. Now one for 91. Is that what it is? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. I saw a lot of folks posting on Twitter. Uh, I think they're right that this weekend, that this four-day slate, when you combine the the holiday and the family, um, everything comes together, that this surplants the opening weekend of March Madness is the best weekend, the best four days of of sport. Mm -hmm. You make that case, can't you? You can. I I can't go there. No, because it's your sport. It's your sport. I completely understand it. It you know what the letdown was? The letdown was yesterday. Oh, of course. Yeah. And without the Iowa State wrestling duel, it would yeah. have been very ho-hum. So you got to have me. I mean, I didn't watch because I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I do know that there, were four, there, there wasn't an empty seat to be had. Mm-mm. Over 14,000 in the building. Place was going crazy. Uh, it was great to see uh, Twitter as active as it was during the event, which tells me that um, this is an underserved, maybe, um, um, group of folks out there, sports fans out there. So what did you see? I saw Iowa State. This has been a long time coming. Look, when Kevin Dresser got the job, Knew it was going to be difficult. Iowa State had cratered to a level that was almost unthinkable. That Iowa State struggled 1 through 10 at a level that they had. Yeah, they had some nice pieces throughout the years. But after Kale left, that program really took a major step back. I mean, we're talking about a team that wasn't finishing in the top 20 at Nationals. That's unthinkable for Iowa State wrestling. Mm. 
and it took a lot longer than certainly I anticipated. I thought he'd get things turned around, but they're there. I mean, they're on the precipice. And to have it coupled with the suspensions for Iowa wrestling, mm-hmm. everything, it felt like well, this, this was is, their year. This was the year. Yeah, yeah. And it just doesn't happen. And Brand's making the right decision. All right, we're going to take our freshman stud. Gabe Arnold, we're going to bump you up. You're going to wrestle 184. And you could tell there was a size discrepancy. And he goes out there and beats the number 6 ranked kid in the country at 184 in Feld Camp. That shows you that Gabe Arnold is going to be a problem for yeah. the next four years. Yeah. This kid is an absolute star. A Glazier gets a win at 197, a gutsy victory in that one that sealed it. Overall, this was the year for Iowa State to get it done, and they couldn't get mm-hmm. it done again. 19 straight now for Iowa in this one. I was baffled, and I was I forgot to look. I'm sure Circa had the number up. I didn't see what it was going into it. If uh, anybody can help me out, hit, hit us up on Twitter, either at Miller and Condon or at Trent Condon, because I didn't see what the line was going into it. I'd anticipate, though, Iowa State was probably favored by four and a half, something like that, mm. and Iowa does it again. Unbelievable. In, in the environment, so good. And that's the other thing. You know, we talked about Iowa women's basketball, and the curtains used to be down, and you know they they did that for Iowa State wrestling. I, I mean, there, there were yeah. There were matches where there was be a couple th- thousand people. I in think Birchie tweeted that that uh, he could remember coming to the building for it was all curtained up. Yeah, somebody did over the weekend. Yeah, but Twitter was active uh, on the event yesterday, which was good to see, and ESPN too uh, broadcast it, which is um, you know kind of a feather in the state of Iowa's cap, right? Mm-hmm. That they would be there for that. We'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman will join us next. It's Michigan. It's Iowa, and away we go. Do you at least feel? Is there any degree? Is there a small bone in your body that has any degree of compassion for our friends to the West and their fan base in Nebraska? Oh, God, no. No, didn't no. think so. No. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. So good. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Covers Iowa. I believe they've still got that buck a month, which is a phenomenal deal. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Uh, it's There's so much sports content at The Athletic. Doc, uh, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Scott Dockerman? I'm good, guys. How is it going today? Well, good. Uh, good for you to have a kind of a Saturday off, right? I know you had to cut your Thanksgiving short to get over to Lincoln, etc. But um, away we go, and it's kind of cool to be able to watch football on the couch on Saturday, I'm assuming, if you were so inclined. So let's go back to Friday, Doc. It was uh, another classic in a lot of ways. Iowa and Nebraska again trading uh, turnovers at the end of it. Uh, and in the end, it was as unlikely of an event that uh, in a Kirk Ferentz coach team, at least how I saw it, uh, bringing in a kid who's never kicked the football this year uh, in Marshall Meter to kick the game winner, and I get why Drew Stevens had really struggled with the with the two blocks and, of course, the two kickoffs out of bounds. But I just didn't think that that would be a card that Ferentz would play, uh, bringing in a nice cold Marshall Meter to make a kick to win a football game, and lo and behold, he did, and they did. Yeah, it's just another anecdote to kind of the one of the wildest stories and seasons I can remember when it comes to Iowa football and. And I think, uh, you know, to bring in somebody who hasn't done that here, now granted, you know, he did a, you know, 30, he had 30 field goals and what, 88 extra points at Central Michigan. But I think in that time and place to, to replace a, another kicker who had struggled, I, I think that that was, uh, it did show, uh, a guts <laughs> to, to do that. And it was unprecedented. But 
they did have faith in him. It reminded me, I guess there was one incident where it was kind of like that, and that was in uh, 2008 when they brought in uh, Daniel Murray instead of Trent Mossbrucker against Penn State um, for that field goal at the end of the game. So uh, it, there is a little bit of a precedent, but it's still that analogy is uh, growing older and older by the day like we all are. <laughs> yes, yeah, we indeed. are. Meter comes out, barely gets it over the crossbar. Iowa gets the win, but it was a football game again where looked pretty good early on, moving the football. They ran the ball well. Deacon Hill, though, from late in the first half throughout most of the second half, really struggled with ball placement, missed on some throws. The scheme didn't look exactly uh, compelling by any means there. What is it about Deacon Hill where he just gets in those ruts where, what was it, one completion out of 10 attempts where he just, is it mechanical where things get off with him? Because when it gets bad, it gets really bad. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty unconventional as a quarterback. I think you can, we can agree he's just not very, uh, he's not very mobile. He doesn't mm-hmm. have great fundamentals. And uh, sometimes he presses too hard, and it's understandable given the circumstances. But I think with, uh, you know, Iowa's had a major issue in the second and third quarters this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, definitely. I think they've had, what, 12 or some godly number of first downs in the second and third quarters where it's just been barely one per game at times. And and that's, that's part of it. And that's coaching, that's schematics, and that's also... Uh, execution. So it's kind of wrapped in all three. I, I will say, though, that Iowa in the first half had a chance to really distance itself from Nebraska. The missed kicks didn't help. Certainly didn't the uh, the touchdown pass that Caleb Brown had that, that he didn't catch mm-hmm. uh, also was, was a problem because if you're, you know, I mean, I, I don't like doing this, but, you know, that's seven points off the board because they missed the field goal right after it and they had the other field goal that was missed. And you're looking at twenty to nothing, Iowa. They're not. They're not going to lose that game, uh-uh. you know. But but it was ten to ten. Yeah, I, I felt like it was going to go the other way. Doc, speaking of going the other way, I thought that the uh, uh, the running back carries would go the other way. I thought that there was the time early in the season where where Caleb Johnson and Jazzian Patterson had both moved past LaShawn Williams uh, as far as a on the depth chart uh, and b on the on how the production's going to carry out for the end of the till the end of the year. Boy, was I wrong. Williams has really had a nice back half of the season where in my mind he's clearly the guy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you look at the other two, and they've got, you know, skill sets, or they got certain skills, I should say, that are beyond the others on the on the roster. However, Lashawn Williams is so tough, runs so hard, and he's really quick and elusive, and he doesn't hesitate. He gets right into it and goes right up the middle, and and that's what this team really needs. Um, you know, when you got you know, Caleb Johnson, he's a little bit of a long strider, and sometimes he just doesn't get um, much impact you know, when he hits the line of scrimmage and moves players, whereas when you look at LaShawn Williams, uh, he's he's a, you know, bowling ball. Yep. And and I think, like, you look at that, some of the impact plays, now they've all had them, but, you know, the one that he had on Friday, you know, just scoots right up the middle, breaks the tackle after 10 yards, gets 22 yards, gets, you know, close enough. Because if he doesn't get that distance, they miss that field goal and they're going to overtime and who knows what happens then. 
So, Caleb Brown exits the game. I think I saw the play. I mentioned this at the top of the show, right before the drop in the end zone on the third down play. He got crushed by Zach Ortworth and on a crossing pattern. They ran into each other. Concussion is kind of what the vibe is right now with him. What have you heard on Caleb Brown? I know we'll get more from Kirk tomorrow and the potential because they need a playmaker, and Caleb Brown certainly has turned into that over this last month. Yeah, last uh, yesterday, Kirk was on a news conference and just said, uh, told us that both Deont- he thinks they'll have good words on both Caleb Brown and Deontay Vines this week. Hmm. So um, who knows that that means they for sure will play, but they certainly have an opportunity to play, and uh, and that. So I would expect um, you know them both to play, and I don't know if that was just <laughs> you know what term if that was a clear concussion or if that was just a bell ring if that was you know what, but. But either way, it, it, it impacted the game in the second half, no question. I think that when you don't have Deontay Vines and you don't have Caleb Brown, and, of course, you, you talk about the tight ends that you don't have, that really impacts the, the passing game. Uh, where are you or where do you think Kirk is as far as he says Drew Stevens is going to be the guy? He didn't sound like he's 100% committed, Doc. You were listening to it. Uh, you would be able to correct me if I – and I'm just picking it up via Twitter. Uh, but but Stevens has kind of struggled down the stretch uh, where – and it became noticeable because, you know, for so long he was almost automatic, uh, as automatic as a kicker can be. What's behind Drew Stevens' um, – I guess, downgrade in performance over the last couple of weeks? Well, it has to, you know, part of it's mental. And you're talking about probably the most mental position in, in football, kind of like that of a, of, a, of a shooter in basketball, where if your shot is off or if your kick is off, then you've got to really figure it out and mentally because it can get into your head. And, and I think that was kind of the case there. Now, you know, did, you know was I was lying at, at fault for some of the blocks? Yeah, um, they were, but you've also got to be higher with the ball. And, and I think in some cases that's probably his approach, and I'm sure that's what they're looking at today. And I mean, Drew Stevens, when he's going well, he's the best kicker on the team, one of the best in the Big Ten, and, and if not even in the country. But you can't have a kicker that, you know, whether his mental approach is just a little bit off or what, uh, in big game environments because they do miss kicks. So. Uh, you know, and then I think even more than the field goals getting blocked, it had to do with, uh, you know, two uh, kickoffs going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a first down against your defense that you weren't expecting. So I think both of those were, were major factors in him getting benched for the field goal team. Doc, back to the run game for a second and fast forward to Saturday night against Michigan. That Nebraska run defense is really good. Yep. And Iowa was able yep. to get some plays. And you know, there were a couple of hard runs from Caleb Johnson. He picked up you know, six, seven yards a couple of different times. Have they found something? Is this something against an even better run defense in Michigan, something that at least gives them a little bit of hope that, yeah, maybe they can pop a few, get a couple of plays, get a couple of first downs with this run game, or is it just a different behemoth coming up Saturday? Actually, I think when it comes to comparing run defenses, I don't think they're that different. Um, I mean, I, I think they're both equal, about equally effective. Nebraska is not the equal of Michigan, but in, run, in stopping the run, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, and Michigan's obviously very good. So I think Iowa still will have opportunities, probably better opportunities, certainly last year or maybe even the year before, because they, the, the linemen, if healthy, and that's going to be a key too, um, they, they have gotten much better. And they've decided to go more counter-gap 
than they have any kind of outside zone because they just don't think that it's effective for this group in particular. And so that's, uh, that, that has been a help for them. And then you just see some plays where the, the running backs are just running really hard and uh, there's no hesitation that, you know, Tyler Goodson was an outstanding running back, but there was a lot of hesitation at times. Mm-hmm. You don't see that with LaShawn Williams, of course, and, and the other two either. So I would expect, um, I expect them to have some opportunities, not a ton, but it, it's you know that's going to help the play action game if they can get that going too. Uh, Ethan Herc, it's a guy that Trent and I started talking about more so. I don't know early October, uh, Doc. Um, I don't know where he was to begin the season. I don't know what the expectations were. You know what did, uh, the best case scenario for Herkert in 2023? What that was? I'm guessing though that he's jumped over that bar. Uh, he's made some really big plays throughout the season. Obviously, none bigger than the uh, than the pick at the end of the Nebraska game. But he has really emerged into the fact that you know they can really build on him or count on him uh, in 2024. One would assume. Absolutely. He was a guy that they really liked from day one. And then when he came on campus and the way he competed and his uh, toughness and, and motor were just things that jumped off, off at them. And then he, they also, he also had an injury that really kept him off the field for a long time, a knee injury. Um, but now he's, he's full go. And, and uh, you know, he's turned into their third defensive end. And Deontay Craig was uh, needing some time away the other day. He, did, he played a little bit, but He'd been kind of banged up, so uh, you, you see a relentless player out there, and you know he's a lot like a lot of Iowa players. Athletically, he's not anywhere near what you would expect at that position. He was a great linebacker at Peter Rabbit Xavier, but his uh, leadership and motor and toughness are off the charts. And then, of course, you know they ran that same play two plays in a row, where he flipped from kind of edge rushing to the middle of the field, and on the second one. He kind of scoped out. He was right by the, the umpire in the middle of the field. And I don't know if Chubba Purdy just didn't see him or what, but he was right where he needed to be and, and, and posed one of the big plays of the season, like he did against Iowa State on that fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that ended the threat there, too. Kirk Ferentz calls it a big challenge. Other people say an impossibility. Uh, your colleague over at The Athletic, Stu Mandela, heard him say just that uh, yesterday in the podcast with Bruce Feldman. It is a tall task. We know that. How does Iowa do this? How do they even give themselves a chance as we're sitting there going to the fourth quarter? How does Iowa hang around in this football game? They have to frustrate Michigan's offense, and that's going to be really tough because um, unlike even two years ago, I mean, this is such a confident team with so many different weapons on that side of the ball. It's going to be really challenging for them. I mean, two of the better running backs in the country um, that they're going to be facing – they're going to have to stop the run, but then they're also going to have to make sure they don't, um, you know, that, that they force mistakes that are un-Michigan-like. You know, that's obviously turnovers, but, but simply just getting in the way of the passing lanes and getting a pass rush, which that's still kind of one area that they haven't done very well this year. Mm-hmm. And, and so if they can frustrate Michigan's offense and keep it close and play possession-by-possession football, they have an opportunity. Now, um, I'm not predicting it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. But, yep, right. but that's that's the chance that they have. And uh, if they give themselves a chance that's in the fourth quarter and it's 13-13, to 13, then the pressure is clearly on Michigan because Iowa's playing with house money, parting the, the gambling 
Mm. Uh, analogy nope. from the Hawkins. Nope, you're 100% right. Uh, Zinter's obviously the right guard, the heart and soul mm-hmm. of that offensive line. He's clearly he's got, broke two bones in his leg, for God's sake. He's out. Um, so we'll see. Doc, uh, what kind of um, what kind of uh, turnout from Hawkeye fans? And any any idea? I mean, will they travel to Indianapolis as a as a big underdog in the football? I mean, Trent's going. I'm going. If that's any indicator, what kind of uh, what kind <laughs> I'm going of for the uh, party more than anything? I know you are. <laughs> uh, what, what what will the building be like? Seventy thirty, eighty twenty. I, I think there'll be a, a nice turnout. It won't be like fifteen, which was massive. Right. Or yep. and then two years ago it was probably more in the sixty forty range. I imagine it'll be a little more Michigan than Iowa, but I think. I think I've got a sense of the the critical mass of Iowa fans that they have appreciated this team a little more over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. That it's even though this team is um, not built to win titles like this, yet they're persevering and their toughness and the way that they're winning shows that um, that they care and then they're you know really in tune with the game. So I, my anticipation is you're going to see a lot of Iowa fans there, probably in the neighborhood of. 20,000, which is still pretty sizable. and But Michigan, of course, will will conquer the day because they've got a lot more to play for than Iowa does. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Doc, great stuff. We will uh, talk with you next week. Is the dollar uh, a month sale still going on at The Athletic? Do you know? Yeah, today's the final day. There you uh, go. Our Black Friday day. So $1 a month for 12 months. Can't get any better than that. You really can't, and you'd be so glad that you spent that dollar. It's so worth it. Uh, Doc, great stuff. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we check in on the Hawks. We'll take a timeout. Miller and Condon back to wrap up Hour 1. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back to Morning Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Hour two, we'll start with Bama Bob. Trent Bama and I will talk college football. Bottom of hour number two, Alec Bussey from uh, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. I think he was in Manhattan for the weekend mm. uh, covering the game. Uh, the trip home had to have been no fun. No, not at all. <laughs> no fun. I mean, did you? were we supposed to get the snow? I don't remember not it being at that in the level. forecast. No, I didn't see anything, certainly, at that, but... It was, and down there, I mean, just, Brutal. yeah. And somebody told me this morning, might have been Scott Knock, um, that, that K-State does not have the proper snow removal equipment, that they don't have a tractor with a brush, because I guess you have to brush it. Okay. You know, one of those brushes that go uh-huh. round and round. And they were not, and I'm kind of glad. Yeah, well, absolutely. Right. Yeah, personally, don't clear it off. Leave it the way it is. Well, and John Walters throughout the day had a couple of videos that he put up on Twitter that was showing yeah. the plow, go, plow going by, and basically, only thing that they were moving was on the yardsticks. How many times during the course of that game, too? You just not know where the ball was. Uh, constantly. Yeah, constantly. Are they at the forty? At the twenty? Yeah. I have no clue. Right. Well, Busama went for seventy. Okay, and then mm-hmm. they were at the thirty. Right. <laughs> Boy, that what a coming out party for him, especially yeah. when, when you got the news that Eli Sanders has been really good. Yep. Artavius Norton, who has had his moments, never he's talented. He's talented. Didn't get to the point that I think a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. uh, thought that he was going to be. Uh, but Amusama, who was in the doghouse for fumbling, he makes that long run, then he fumbles. <laughs> um, like, oh and boy, here we go again. Right now, Hanson, you're up. And, and, and look, he's had his moments, too. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of depth in that running back room. Uh, it looks like it sorted itself out. 
it's what's fascinating to me is how the quarterback thing is going to shake out. Right. Because you saw J.J. Cole in high school. You saw Connor Moberly in high school. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather buy stock on? Of those two? Of those two. Uh, Moberly? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, in the, and he's a Cyclone starting next year. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Cole has lost his spot to Rocco Becht. We'll see how it plans out. I guess it's a good problem to have in some respects. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating next couple of weeks because the portal's not even open yet. Buckle up. It's going to be bananas. Hour two, right around the corner. We're here until one. Murph and Andy follow us to drive with Heather and Sean from three until six. We're Miller and Condon. An hour to go on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.